Welcome to Hear These Words, a podcast from Good Shepherd Episcopal Church in Tequesta, Florida. My name is David Dixon, and I am the Director of Youth and Family Ministries here at the church. And we are joined today, or I am joined today, with some members from our church staff, some of the best people in the world to ever be able to work together with. And uh, they're going to be participating. Everybody kind of wave and say hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. So uh, Hear These Words is a podcast where we uh, uh, provide some commentary, uh, on some background information on the text coming up for the uh, Sunday service to hopefully help uh, all of us be better prepared for uh, that service and hearing the words of the Lord. And so uh, this week for Christmas Day, December 25th, The words we hear are from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7, uh, Psalm 96, Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, and Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 14, and possibly the extended verses 15 through 20. Well, hello, everyone. How are you doing? We're good. Good. Doing great. Full of the joys of Christmas. I can see that. (laughs) You've got your hat on and everything. (laughs) It's hard to believe that we're already at Christmas uh, Day. I mean, the year has gone by so fast and, you know, a new one's about to start. So, you know, it's kind of like ready or not. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we have several services that we provide here at the church for Christmas Eve. And so just, uh, I'm, I'm curious, there's a couple of things for our small talk here. I want to know, number one, I want to know, what is your favorite Christmas uh, dish that you like to eat this time of the year? Your holiday dish, the favorite holiday dish that you eat every year or that you could eat every year at Christmas. Well, mine's changed this year because um, my daughter is back from England and, and she's a, um, a vegetarian. So the lovely uh, beef tenderloin that is normally enjoyed is out the window. But we will be Uh-oh. doing a beef or a vegetarian Wellington. But okay. one of the accompaniments that goes with the, um, the uh, beef tenderloin is a wonderful uh, roast potato. So that will be, that will be enjoyed by all and lovely roast potatoes. Nice. Sounds delicious. It is delicious. Okay. So, um, mine is more of, um, the Christmas cookie. It's the experience of making the cookies uh, with my daughter and granddaughter. We have a marathon cooking baking day. And um, and then, of course, there's nothing better than a warm chocolate chip cookie out of the oven. (laughs) But but it's just it's a a ritual, I guess, that we have where, you know, we all gather and we bake like three or four different kinds of cookies in right. our marathon baking day. So that's awesome. Yeah. I oh. need to come over when y'all do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Me too. 
<laughs> uh, Christmas Eve for me, I'm usually singing. So I keep Christmas Eve light with just maybe sliced roast beef and, and uh, uh, shrimp. And I, I do make a really good shrimp cocktail sauce. So I keep nice. that light. And most often I'm, I'm invited to friends on Christmas Day, which is such a blessing because I'm usually... Uh, extremely tired after four right. services. So um, I'm happy to uh, help with dishes afterwards on Christmas right. Day. And, nice. and food is not a big deal for me. My husband was the cook. So, you know, I just uh, am happy to be fed and, and <laughs> blessed with many friends. That right. So that is, that's great. And how about you, David? Yeah. Well, growing up, so my mother uh, was very active in, in the church I grew up in. Uh, she did a lot of youth work herself uh, for the regional churches that were in the area. And she would always host these parties. And she would make this um, shrimp and crag, crab meat, cream cheese kind of uh, it really wasn't a dip. I don't, it was just like something. And then you had cocktail sauce on top of it. I don't know what she called it, but it was the most amazing thing ever. And I could never wait. And she would only do it during December. Right. I mean, like not any other time of the year, are you allowed to eat <laughs> during you the recipe? I do have it somewhere up here. Yay. I, I want that recipe. I'll, I'll definitely give it to you. It was just splendid. It was wonderful. And so who makes it now? Who makes who will make it this year? Is your mom gonna make it or are you all gonna make it? Um, well, I will probably have to make it this year. Mom is gonna make something. She makes uh some butter pecan bars. Um, and Tracy already has hit her up to make those this year so she's going to be doing that so we figured we could, would only let her worry with one thing this year instead of uh multiple uh dishes or whatever but it's kind of funny when i think about it growing up um we would always i spent all of my christmases in georgia on the farm and my aunts would make certain cakes they would only make at christmas like an orange slice cake or, you know, of course, the fruitcake. They would only make it during that time of the year. And you would want it all year long. But they're not about to make this <laughs> available any other time of the year. It was just, it was just wonderful. Some of the little uh, holiday things that we all have traditions and, you know, that kind of stuff that we share. And, and it usually involves um, a copious amount of butter and a copious amount of sugar. Of course. Your sweet. It's all about the butter and the Christmas. Actually, it's not. It's all about Jesus, but that's what we're here for, right? Well, that, there you go. <laughs> there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, our text, gospel text, we'll get to that. There, we're only going to talk about the gospel text today. Um, and it comes to us from Luke 2. We hear it every year uh, at Christmas or Christmas Eve. Um, and Honestly, it is probably of the various nativity stories and accounts. Uh, the Gospel of Luke, for me, is the, is the most heartwarming of them all. And I just love uh, the detail that uh, the writer of Luke's Gospel put into this uh, narrative. Um, one thing I always like to say about this uh, particular passage whenever I read it, 
And even if I'm up talking about it to a group of people or whatever, I love the um, King James version of this. And it starts Luke chapter two, verse one, it says, and it came to pass, right? I just, I love that phrase. And the reason I love that phrase is because, uh, you know, I take it and I, it helps me put life in perspective when you understand that stuff comes to pass. It doesn't come to stay. No matter what you're worrying with, dealing with whatever condition of life you may find yourself in, you may be like Mary and Joseph in the wrong city and something happens to force you to move to the right city, like in this passage, it takes place. It comes to pass. Yeah, it may be tough, but stuff isn't, it's not going to stay the way it is, right? That God is working and things are here today. They are gone tomorrow. Sometimes that's good stuff, but there's a whole lot of not good stuff that we need to always realize it's not always going to be like this, that there is, as uh, some would say, a, another day going to dawn in your life. So I love that that first part of that uh, our text today. But anyway, that's from the King James. What are your thoughts? Do you have any thoughts on this? Of course, this is the story where they're in um, uh, Nazareth and they've got to get up and move to Bethlehem because the prophecy says the child is going to be born in Bethlehem. And we know that it was a, a census that took place. We're being described, uh, that's being described here in this passage. We know they come, they aren't, there isn't any room for them in the end. They find where they can go. We know that we have angels and shepherds and all of that coming in together. So what are your thoughts about the text? Well, Bingley's trying to talk a lot here, so I'm trying to keep him quiet because he's just, I do apologize. If, 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 no, if, you're fine. And I've, I've got some background noise here myself. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> Any thoughts? Come on. <laughs> I know I know all of y'all have thoughts about this. <laughs> well, it's definitely um, a story of comfort and hope. And as a child, speaking of comfort, um, I paid more attention to um, the nativity, the, you know, Mary and Joseph and Jesus part than the angels and the shepherds. Although when I was a kid, I wanted more than anything to be an angel in the Christmas pageant, <laughs> which I was several times. Nice. But um, the... The first things angels always say in the Bible is don't be afraid. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, immediately comforting the people that they're visiting. And so, um, yeah, I, like I, that. I don't know that I ever paid attention to that until I was an adult and could really kind of understand the world, not just the story. Um, right. But also how I would feel if all right. of a sudden I was. I, <laughs> I, I agree, Mary Lou. I, as a child, I, I thought this was something adults do. So they have to, you know, go to a different town to put their name in somewhere. It didn't make any sense to me until um, there was no room at the inn. And yet they still found a place. Right. And uh, 
as I, I think most of the time I was uh, an angel in the pageant and the boys were usually the shepherds. Um, as a baby boomer in uh, Episcopal Church in Minneapolis, there were lots of us. There were lots of uh, children participating in the pageant. But one year I got to be uh, Mary, which, you know, there's no lines. You just sit there and try not to look at the light bulb too much that's in the manger or you go blind. <laughs> but right. um, one year, my brother, who was almost five years older than me, he's a good over four years, he was one of the kings. So it just was, we got along really well growing up, but it just was a different kind of respect that went on during that pageant that uh, he, he came down the aisle and bowed at the manger and um, gave his gift. And uh, I, when I hear this passage of Luke 2, it's just full of music. It's, it's Christmas carols um, away in a manger. It's, it's Messiah with the angel telling them to fear not. Um, and then the whole company of choir angels singing glory to God in the highest. So it's just, uh, it's, it's just a beautiful passage with so much hope and comfort and, and love. I just love it. And I think um, also following on from what David said, there's a, there's a new book out that's being released called The Power of Regret. And it's all about how looking backward uh, moves us forward. And I know having traveled um, extensively when I was younger, you know, I, it, it was very comforting to know I, one could always go back. One could always go back to that previous place and that previous life. But knowing that you could go back always helps sort of um, helps move you forward and, and look forward to to what uh, the potential of of what be and and talking about the power of regret, you know, there's there's the would have could have should have, um, you know, you can you can change some of those, but you 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 can't change all of them. So I think it's you know as as they were faced with that decision, they had to go and and they went. Um, there wasn't a matter of would have, could have, should have. They did it. And and I think that um, that should help us all, you know, help propel us forward in life as well. So in the challenges that we face. Yeah, I agree. That's good. Good stuff right there. Um, yeah, when I when I all of everything that you have all shared the, from the fear not to hearing the music and, uh, you know, not living with regret and. I think all of that is found here. It's a song of hope that we certainly are getting from this passage. Um, there's probably a ton of stuff I could say about it, but I won't go through all of the stuff that I, I normally would point out or that just hits me every year. When I read it, I feel and see something new with the passage. Um, I think it's really interesting. You know, Mary is highly favored. Um, and her and Joseph are in the wrong city. You know, the prophecy says that out of Judah, Bethlehem, Ephratah, shall he come who is to rule my people Israel. They're in the wrong city. And somehow they got to get moved from where they are to, a, to the right place to give birth and bring forth the promise of God. And what happens? There comes out a decree from Caesar Augustus. And King James says that all the world should be taxed. Of course, we know that is a, a registration that takes place, but it forces everyone to move. 
God knows how to get us to the right place. God will raise up things around us and in our life to reposition us to where we can give birth to the promises and the blessings of God that God has promised to us. And it's not an easy road from Nazareth to Bethlehem. It's a tough journey, um, but they remained faithful to that journey so that they could finally come to that place and bring forth the blessing and the promise of God. And then, of course, the angels and the shepherds uh, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Uh, I could use that as a metaphor and say there's been a lot of shepherds, pastors who have been having to keep watch over the things of God in a night season. But in the midst of that night season, God shows up in glory through the messengers of the angels. And then they come and they find uh, Mary, Joseph, and the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. And this part I love so much. They were talking to Mary and it says, but Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying, praising God. Isn't it interesting that when the wise men come through, there's not a statement that Mary says she pondered all the things the wise guys had to say. She <laughs> ponders and keeps all the stuff the shepherds had to say because only shepherds know what it's like to raise a lamb that is going to be used as a sacrifice in the worship and praise of God. And this is what Mary has to do. She has to raise this child to be given over as the, the life and the savior of the world. Um, I, just, I just find that it speaks to me uh, mm -hmm. some there whenever I hear the voice of shepherds speaking and, and you treasure those things in your heart. So that's me. Yeah. I, I agree with that, those, uh, that verse about Mary treasuring and pondering in her heart. Um, you know, having, when I had my son, um, there are so many vivid memories that I still have, you know, 40 years later about, about that moment and, and truly treasured memories. But I believe she also says the, or the same thing is said at the end of um, the story of Jesus in the temple when he's a boy, that she also pondered that um, that time so those special moments with our children are um things we remember and we treasure more so than the gifts of the wise men you know right. stuff more so than stuff words and experiences mm, that's good so so mary lou following on from that i, I know what you mean but you know in, in some respects um, this, re <laughs> this reading, uh, in, in, in sort of after I had my children has, has used to fill me with, uh, such trepidation <laughs> because, uh, the girls were born in, in Greenwich in South, in London. And we used to worship at the Royal Naval College Chapel that was built by Sir Christopher Wren, you know, in the late 1700s, um, beautiful, beautiful chapel. And it was only open because it was part of the Naval College. It was only open on Sundays, which is where, so we used to worship there. It's now part of University of Greenwich and is used in film sets from Bridgerton to whatever. Anyway, so because the girls were two of the only children that would worship there with regularity, they were asked every Christmas um, to carry up 
the antique ceramic statues of the crash. Mm. And believe me, I was praying that day, but I was praying that they don't drop those, <laughs> those statues. So, but there, I have such vivid memories and such fond memories of that going, oh, please, God, please don't let them drop the statues. But to them, it was, they felt so important and so wonderful to be able to carry the these uh, ceramic statues of the crush of, you know, baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph. And it, <laughs> it was lovely. So yes, wonderful memories, but with a little bit of trepidation. Nice. I think that's our pageant on uh, this past Sunday was wonderful too, because you just know that, well, I will take a, a, a memory from that pageant as I did from my, my own experience, but you know, the, the donkey kicking and, and yeah. the dog dressed in sheep's clothing. I mean, these children <laughs> that participated in that yeah. will hear these words differently um, next year. And it's it's so beautiful to see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well yeah. Said. That was a lot of fun. They did a great job this past week at the Children's Pageant. Well, I think that's all that we have time for. Um, and we certainly thank you for joining us today on Hear These Words. And we hope that it somehow uh, helps you become better prepared for the services on Sunday, certainly this Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, whichever uh, service you go to, to worship and celebrate the birthing of Christ in the world and in our lives and in our hearts. Thank you to our staff for joining us today. And we really, really do hope and pray you have a very Merry Christmas and a blessed New Year. Thank you so much. And we'll see Merry you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.